And Father, your word says that you are an all-consuming fire. Consume us, Father. Father, we ask that you burn off that which is attached to us that is not like you, Father. Because, Father, we want to be purified that we may glorify you and give you the praise, the honor, and the glory that is due your name. Now we ask, Father, to watch over this word that will come forth this day, that it will may go forth to penetrate the hearts of us, your people, and that we may be the better for it. We declare now that we can make a difference. We can make a difference. And we know that you are the difference maker in our lives. We thank you. We honor you this day. That is in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Let everyone say amen Amen. and amen. Book called Making a Difference. The book of Jude. If you go to the book of Revelation, and this is the last book of the Bible, if you have the hardcover, amen, uh, and turn back one book, and you have the book of Jude. It's only one chapter in the book of Jude. Only one chapter. And we're going to pick up, uh, you've been standing, but we've been, we're going to pick up in verse 17 and read through verse 23. Are you there? All right, y'all follow along with them. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Whatever version you have, it's going to be fine. We're all going to get to the same place. Amen. Jude 1, verse 17. I'm going to read through verse 23. It says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying how in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion. Somebody say making a difference. Amen. Verse 23. And others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. We're going to continue again in this series of messages called Making a Difference. And that uh, the title of this series came out of verse 22. He says, and of some have compassion making a difference. Now, one of the things I like doing uh, in the word is giving a little bit of past and review so that we may be all uh, on one accord that we can move forward together. Uh, Many of you that were here two weeks ago, the first message was Making a Difference. And I declared, you can make a difference. And I wanted to encourage each and every person that is under the sound of my voice, either in this house, by radio, by, uh, amen, MP3, over the internet. I want you to know that you can make a difference. And, and, and we talked about three reasons why, uh, why it was important for us to make a difference. I'm going to do a little bit of passion review. Look at um, what was going on at this time. Look at verse 18. He says, Uh, how that they told you, he's talking about the apostles that spoke of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers, and that word mockers or scoffers or false teachers in the last time who should walk after their own lust. See, um, the the key piece here, if we're going to be difference makers, the the flip side of it, there's going to be mockers. They're going to be false teachers. And in the time that we're living in, there's different types of teachings and things that are coming 
uh, even into the house of the Lord. In Jude, the book of Jude here, he was writing, the epistle of Jude here, uh, um, that was writing here, we believe that this is the brother of, of Jesus Christ, James, that's writing this, this book of Jude, and he's telling them that the, the church is being infiltrated with false teachers, and he was telling them, he says, uh, he was writing to them about the salvation, of, but he also says, I'm writing to you to contend for the faith uh, uh, this matter of fact, I want you to see this here. Look at uh, verse 3, 1 and 3. He says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Because there was a group of mockers that were out there that were infiltrating uh, uh, the house of God and infiltrating and were putting people in doubt about their faith. So there was mockers. But on the other side of mockers, we're makers. Somebody say, we're makers. We're difference makers. We're not mockers. We're makers. And we got to make a difference. And we talked about this. And why do we have to make a difference? It was three things I gave. Number one, our world depends upon it. The world depends upon us making a difference. The Bible says that um, uh, God the Father, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe upon him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. But he went on to say in, in verse 17 of John three sixteen, verse 17, he said that he did not send his son to condemn the world, but through his son that the world might be what? Saved. Amen. And so, so and then the scripture also tells us uh, uh, what do a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? Amen. So we must understand one or two ways. Either we're going to be saving souls or we're going to be gaining the world. That's the flip side of it. See, but markers, markers is all about gaining the world. But we're not markers. We're makers. We're different makers. Amen. We're different makers. Say, I am a difference maker. Now, I was talking to a brother. I'm not going to call him. He's sitting right here on the front row. Though, but I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> but the fire that this brother had in him about winning souls. And this is what it's all about. You know, it's about winning souls because we don't want to gain this whole world. And in the end, we lose our souls. I mean, the number one priority in the kingdom is souls, not money. Money is the least thing when it comes to the kingdom. But the number one thing in the kingdom of God is souls. He gave the father. You know how I teach you here. He gave a son to what? Gain some sons. And when we talk about sons, we talk about girls and and guys, sons. He, He gave a son to gain some sons. And so we said a uh, week before last, our world depends upon it. We, we come, amen, not to condemn the world, but we come, amen, to save souls. And we want to be a difference maker because the world depends on it. The second thing we talked about was that the fulfillment of our life depends upon it. See, there's not really, once you get saved, uh, I think it was one of the songs of someone in the prayer says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Once you done tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you can't go back. Amen. It's all about, so it's no longer about you. It's all about him now and about what, what, what he desires to do through us. But if, if, if we're going to fulfill our fulfillment in life depends upon our willingness to do what God has called us to do here. This is the way, uh, 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 Paul said it. He says, necessity has been laid up upon me. Woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. See what I'm saying unto you, the fulfillment of your life. If you're going to make a difference, 
The world is counting on you, but you, you, you won't have fulfillment in life if you have tasted the scene that the Lord is good and you are his disciple and you don't fulfill the assignment that's upon your life. Amen. See, but, but, but see, but God is never going to make you do anything. It's called willingness. Amen. You, you, you see, see, you got to yield your will to the will of the father. The father has a desire for every one of us that have called upon his name, that have received him into our heart. Uh, we, he has a desire for us and that's to go into the world and to preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy ghost healing and setting free and delivering. This is exactly what he wants us to do. And I'm here to tell you, if you have gotten saved, you will not rest. Amen. Until there's something on the inside of you that will not and cannot rest until you get about doing the father's business. Until you get, if you're saved, if you're truly saved, if you're truly talking about uh, I'm being on fire for the Lord, amen, I'm not here to condemn you, I'm here to convince you and encourage you of this thing, amen, but I'm here to tell you, you can make a difference, you can make a why else, pastor, do we need to make a difference? Our, our Heavenly Father expects us to make a difference. If we've been saved, he expects us to make a difference him. Now I want us to look look through these scriptures here. Uh, ver- he says, uh, verse eighteen, how that they were there should be mockers that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. Now let's define these mockers real quick. They should be they who somebody say separate. You got three S's here. They who separate themselves, they separate. Not only do they separate themselves, but they separate other people, amen, from the gospel, from the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're living in a season and an hour. Not only should there be a greater desire for us to press in into the gospel, but there's also an hour that we live in that people are, are, are teaching false things and doing things that's bringing people away from God. Mockers, mockers, scoffers, false teachers. And this is why we got to know in whom we believe. I've always always taught this house. Uh, see, uh, I've learned long ago that I don't have to go and find out what all the other religions are doing. I don't have to study all of that. Uh, I, I've taught this house many times that you got to study the truth. You got to study the real deal because once you know the real deal, once you get into what you into, amen. Somebody say, get into what I'm into. You got to get into what you into. If you in Jesus, you got to get into him. It's called intimacy. Amen. And the ladies, the late, the married ladies, Pastor as I know she know, she like me to get intimate with her. See, she won't see intimacy is into me, you see. You hear that? Into me, you see. What he's saying is, I want you to get into me. Get into what I like. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what the Father wants us to do. Get, get intimate with him. Get into what he likes. Amen. And so we all should desire to be intimate with the Father. And the way we're intimate with the Father is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Somebody says it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. It truly is. And so uh, we're moving towards this making a difference today about having compassion. And we're going to get to that. Look at verse 19. It says, these be they who separate themselves. See, we, we don't separate ourselves for Christians, for us as Christians, men and women of God. We've been called out. We see, we didn't separate ourselves. We were called out. But he says, these people here are people that separate themselves. It's much like uh, uh, in the old days uh, uh, or in the biblical times, you had the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, and you had all of them. Some of them were separatists. They separated themselves, amen, and they were religious. And we got to be, we got to be careful that we don't separate ourselves from the body. Every believer needs to belong to the body of Christ. Somebody say to the body. 
See, 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 all of us are a body part. You might be a hand, somebody else a leg. And I've always uh, declared these things until you about being a part of the body. See, the body can survive without the arm. Yes, it can. If your arm fall off and fall over on the ground, the body will be okay. They'll patch you up, amen, and the rest of the body going to be okay. But their arm sitting over there by itself, what's going to happen? It's going to shrivel up. It's going to die. And so it's so important, important if we're going to make a difference, we must understand that we must remain a part of the body. The Bible said it, it, it pleased him. Uh, he placed them in the body as it pleases him, amen? And so what you're saying, Pastor, what I'm saying is God knows where you're at. And he knows where you need to be in. He knows what house you need to be in. He knows uh, 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 how long you need to be there, the season for you to be there. He knows that you need to uh, grow and mature in the things of God. But he will use you. God wants to use all of us primarily, somebody say, through the body. Through the body of Christ. So we see here that these men, they separated themselves. We don't want to separate us. That's a marker. Not only they were sensual. And this word sensual, these folks that were led by natural instincts. See, we, we don't want to be led by the sensual. We don't want to be sensual in our walk with God. We don't want to be separated. See, because once you separate from God, you're no longer being led by the spirit. You've been led by your natural instincts, your, your senses. And, and, and God, he moves us into a realm where our senses don't even make any sense any longer. Uh, uh, someone mentioned it earlier. We move from the natural to the supernatural. See, 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 we, see, we live in the natural, but when the natural connects with the supernatural, there's a supernatural manifestation that's going on. See, we, <laughs> I've taught you many times that the father, he, he, he wants heaven uh, to enter into the earth. He wants our future, amen, to come into the present. And we do this by faith, amen? By faith will the supernatural uh, uh, come, and by faith will we also uh, bring our future into our present. I don't know about you. I'm not waiting, amen, uh, for my now. I want mine to show up now, amen, because the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is always now, amen. I don't know about you. Look, when I went home and, and, and participated in that funeral, amen, and my brother-in-law was 50 years old, I said, look, I want mine now. You know what I'm saying? I got to be about the father's business win, not next week, next month, next year, now. Amen. I was just riding the other day, and when I was riding, uh, George, uh, uh, I just sensed in my spirit. He says, boy, you better pick this thing up in overdrive. In overdrive. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about for me. It, for me. Now, we, we, we receive, when, when you go somewhere, anywhere you go, God is going to be there. Is it not? We're sitting in my mother's home. And with a gentleman that was there, and we get, we decided we get ready to leave and, and go back to our hotel room. Boy, a prophetic utterance rolled up in that puppy. Man, I already knew the Lord was in the house. I'm sitting, I ain't talking about I was giving it. I was receiving it. And a word came so powerful, it just shook me and passed And all we could do was shake our head. And we knew it was the Lord. Amen. We knew it was the Lord. And it was about this house. It was about us. It was about this church. And it was it was so profound, and it was certainly accurate, and it was certainly timely. Uh, uh, and so sometimes God will, will take you to a place, although we went on behalf of a funeral. You hear what I'm saying? See, he says the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I come to get what? Life and that what? More abundantly. So he said, now you might be going to a funeral, but you're getting ready to pick up some life down here. Amen? I'm getting ready to life you. And the words were like wind up under our wings. I'm telling you, man, it picked me up, man, and lifted me up. You you know what I'm saying? It lifted me up. And what I'm saying, God's word would do such thing here. He says, but you don't want to be a mocker. 
And he says, the times that we're living in, there's markers and they're makers. And we want to be difference makers. He says, these markers, they're sensual. They're very sensual people here. And we got to be careful. See, we, when we look at this word, we, we find ourselves in the word. And we don't want to be a sensual type of people. We don't want to be people that separate ourselves from the body of Christ. But the third thing that he says was, he said, they did not have the spirit. They did not have the spirit of God. They were separated. They were sensual. And they did not have the spirit of God. These were the markers. But we're makers. Say, I'm a difference maker. I'm a difference maker. And see, and see, I said this two weeks ago. If you're going to be a difference maker, you got to be different. So what makes us different than the marker, than the average Joe out there? Somebody say the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit that makes us different. I've always told y'all in this house that, that, that we're not better, but we are different. But it's the difference that makes us better. Amen. So it's not us. It's the Holy Spirit that comes to reside on the inside of us that makes us different. This is how Jesus told his disciples. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Then he told them not only that, he says, you are the what? Light of the world. He said, don't take your light and put it up under the bed. He said, but put it, set it up on a lampstand. Amen. He said that so people can see your what? Good works and do what? Glorify your father, which is in heaven. And so we want to be difference makers. Amen. And that's what we are, a difference makers. And I want to encourage you in this uh, for your lifetime from the day, from here on, you can make a difference. I'm not talking, look, you don't have to have a, a PhD, a MD, a BS, a AA, a whatever you need. You ain't got to have nothing in front of your name or behind your name to make a difference for God. What, but what you got to have, you got to have God on the inside of you. You know my favorite song, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. We've got to have Jesus on the inside of us. And I'm telling you, when Jesus is on the inside, he'll light up a room. You know what I'm saying? He'll make a way. And we're going to see this today as we move forward uh, in this. Look, let's pick up verse 20. He says, but beloved, these are the makers. So we talked about the markers. Three S's with the markers. They, they, they separate themselves. They're sensual and they have not the spirit. But look what he says in verse 20. These are the makers, the difference makers. But ye, beloved, because we're earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. He says, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy what? Faith. Praying in what? The Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, my God. He said, now, now, the makers, we're building ourselves up on our most holy faith. How are we doing that? Praying in what? The Holy Ghost. So when you pray in your, when you pray in your uh, uh, heavenly language, amen, when you build yourself up, and I always like to teach this because uh, 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 tongues is a problem in the church. When people start talking about tongues, and I like to give the example, you know my old shoe example, Brother Joy. The shoe, and these, these for folks has been, you know this, but this is what, do you ever go buy a pair of shoes and say, I'm going to leave the tongues in the store? No, no, no. When you, when you, it's just like being saved. When you get saved, you, you don't leave the tongue. It's all included in there. It's all in, he gives it all to, whether you want to recognize it or not, you get it all. And, and, and so specifically what he's talking about here is, he says, but, but, but beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Amen. And this is the way Jesus told his disciples. He said, have faith in God. 
when, when he cursed that fig tree. And they're like, man, you cursed that fig tree and it's just shriveled up. Just last night, just yesterday, you talked to it and this morning it's shriveled up. And he looked at them and he says, have faith in God. So our faith must be in someone, amen? It must be in someone or someone. Somebody, can we turn that air on? It's working, amen, hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, somebody hit that thing. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, amen, hallelujah. I see folks, man, waving and stuff, amen. It works, just throw it on air, amen, put it on cool. Y'all okay over here? Mama taking care of her daughter. Okay, she comfortable, all right. <laughs> but, but we see these things. And we must understand here that he says the way you build yourself up on your most holy faith, if you're going to be a difference maker, you got to have something different on the inside of you. And the way that difference takes place on the inside of you, you got to build yourself up on your most holy faith by what? Praying in what? The Holy Ghost. And, and that's praying in the spirit or praying. And, and I like to tell folks, so you, you can start out in the natural. You, you can start out in the spirit. And you hear when we get in our praise and worship here, some folks move into the spirit, praying in the spirit. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, Pastor, 1 Corinthians 14 tells us that we can't pray out loud in the church. We can't pray in, 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 in tongues in the church. But you got to rightfully divide that thing. Amen. You got to look at that, what he was talking about. He's talking about a word of utterance. See, there's one thing to, 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 to have the baptism with the Holy Spirit speaking in a new tongue versus the gift, amen, of tongues or the interpretation of tongues. It's two different things. One, when we pray in the Holy Spirit. Mother, when we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, that's us talking to God. Amen? Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, when, when Paul is laying rules and regulations and order around uh, uh, tongues and the interpretation of tongues, that's when God's speaking to us now. You know what I'm saying? What he's saying is if somebody's in the body and things are going on and God all of a sudden moves through a vessel to speak a, a, word, of, a, a word of encouragement, a word of prophecy through tongues, he said, nah, everybody can't do it at the same time. He said, nah, line up, there should be some order in it. If, if all of you got a word and there's a word that comes through tongue, there should be someone to interpretate, uh, interpretation of that. Can we get an amen? So you see, there's a distinct difference of what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 14 versus over in the book of Acts, what we receive or even what he's referring to here in the book of Jude. And so the book of Jude, see, that's why I said that we are a spirit-filled church. Amen. Somebody say spirit-filled church. See, we're not, a, we're not a religious church, but we're a church that have relationship with him. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and we can get our relationship by just calling upon his name. We can begin to speak in an a, a unknown language, a tongue that he has given to us individually. He's given you something the way you can talk to him and communicate to him. Now, 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 now I'm not such a preacher that, that, that say you're going to hell or anything like that because you can't speak in tongues. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying unto you, look, receive everything that the Lord has for you. I'm telling you, this is power. I'm telling you, 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 you can build yourself up on your most holy faith. So he tells him, he said, don't be mockers, but be makers. And he says, and how we be a maker? He said, look, but verse 20, but ye beloved, building yourselves up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Look, verse 21, keeping yourselves in what? The love of God. I'm telling you, the only way you can keep yourself in the love of God is to be filled with his, filled with his spirit. See, because Galatians 5.22 tells us about the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. The big S. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit. And one of the, the number one fruit, the foundation to the fruit of the Spirit is love. And Paul talks about over in 1 Corinthians uh, 13. He said, love, man. He said, look, you can even speak in tongues, but if you don't love, what is, what is tongues? Amen. He said, love is the primary thing, but the way you love right 
is, is be, you got to be full of the spirit of God. Amen. This is why it says pray. He said, now you're dealing with these markers, but if you're going to be a difference maker, you got to be a lover. You got to know how to love people. You got to love. You see, Jesus loved them all. We're going to see this. He loved the down and out. He loved the sinners. He loved everyone because he desired for them to come into the knowledge of who he is, that they may be reconciled back to the father. And then he said, I'm going to give you some power. Amen. To tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means should be able to harm your life. This is the power that we need here. Now, l- let's look here. Look at verse 21. He says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Somebody say, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Verse 22, here we go here. And of some have compassion. Doing what? Somebody say, making a difference. This is the word. This is the word we're having today. We want to move forward this morning talking about making a difference. And the subtitle would be having compassion. Having compassion. And if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, looking, amen, for the mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ until eternal life, he says, and of some have compassion, making a difference, making a difference. Turn with me in your Bibles to the gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 9. This is one of my favorite. uh, I have a lot of favorite passages, but this is one of my favorite passages here because I, I like preaching this Matthew chapter 9. Amen. Some folks was with me uh, some weeks ago. I'm not going to preach it like I preached it did. Amen. I'm just going to, we, we're going to hit it and run. Amen. But Matthew chapter 9, because uh, I want us to understand about this compassion here. We're not mockers. We're makers. We're difference makers. And if we're different, we said we're difference makers because our world depends upon it. Not only that, our fulfillment in life depends upon it. And our heavenly father expects us to be difference makers. So wherever you're at, whatever realm that the Lord thy God has put you in. He expects us, if we are born again Christians, to be difference makers. You can make a difference on your job. I don't care how they look, what kind of mindset they got. You're there to make a difference. Wherever you're at, wherever God places you, wherever he tells you to visit, wherever he tells you to go, he wants you to make a difference. And now we're going to talk today about how do we make that difference. On some, he says, on some have compassion. Next week, he's going to be dealing with one that we got to pull out the fire, Sister Camilla. Amen. Not designed that we get burnt or anything. Amen. But we got to pull some out the fire. But today, we're going to talk about having compassion upon them. And does Jesus Christ is our example. Amen. When I grow up, I just want to be just like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I do. And this is what we want. We want to be like Jesus. So are you at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35? I want us to see this, and again, this is very familiar text uh, for for some of you here. Uh, uh, But we look here, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You hear that? that? Somebody say, that's his ministry. See, his ministry is our ministry. That's your ministry. If you're going to be a difference maker, you got to do the thing that the difference maker done. And Jesus is our example. Mother, his ministry is our ministry. Amen. And so this is why I cease to exist. I die and he lives on the inside of me. And now I do what he did. When the first thing I got to do is find out what his ministry is. And his ministry said, Jesus went about the cities and the villages doing what? Somebody say teaching. In that synagogue doing what? Preaching the gospel. Somebody say preaching. That's what Paul said, woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. He said, I I have necessity is laid upon me that I preach the gospel. We got to preach the gospel. We got to preach the good news. That's what folks need. They need the good news. 
They need the good news. I've taught you many times in this house that how my pastor gave me a revelation and an understanding. He said, if you preach just people sin to them, he said, they'll, they'll, never, they'll never get the answer. They'll, they'll always just, they'll continue to sin. But if you lift up the solution, not the sin, but the solution to it. If you lift up the name of Jesus and preach and proclaim the gospel and the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, people will begin to see that there is some hope. There is a way out, amen, uh, of their situation and their circumstances. And so we must be compassionate just like he was compassionate. Now we see here, this is his ministry again, verse 35. And he, he teach, he preached. The Bible says he healed every sickness and every disease were at among the people. So we don't want to be mockers we want to be makers if we're going to be makers we got to do his ministry not only did he do his ministry we got to see what his motivation was look at verse 36 but when he saw the multitudes somebody say when he saw see we got to see like jesus sees he says when he saw the multitudes he was what moved with compassion on them because they were what fainted they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd see we got to begin to see like he sees see because see we seen his ministry but what was his motivation his motivation was that when he went out to do ministry he was doing ministry but all of a sudden he seen a, a multitude and he says they were fainted they were tired see we got to see like he sees see folks might have all the material things of the world but they could still be fainted they could be tired and wore out because this world will wear you out and when it gets fainted with you you know what I'm saying it'll throw you right onto the curve it'll throw you to the curve so we got to be able to see uh, people that they're fainted not only were they fainted they were what scattered abroad as sheep having no no uh, uh, no shepherd now think about this the word compassion uh, it means to have pity on. It means to have mercy on, to care about, Brother George. But I, I was in the military, and when I was looking at that word compassion, I see things in words uh, uh, that I just see in words. I ain't saying I'm special, but I am different. Amen? <laughs> but I see the word compass there. And, and the word compass, I don't know about When I was in the military, man, we had the mother, they dropped just to see if we could use that compass mother. We had to learn how to read that. Y'all better be lucky y'all got GPS right now. But I was so glad when when that thing came to the army, because usually, see, it came to the army before it came to the free world. We had it first in the army, the GPS. But before we had a GPS, we had a map and a compass. Mother, we had to look. That, that compass had a little magnetic thing, true north. You had to look. You, you, yeah, you, but we're looking at the moon. We're looking at that. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to figure out where we're at. Amen? And so that compass helps us to be what? In the, 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 the have the right direction to get us to the right place. That's what the compass. We'll look at the map and we'll look at the compass. So we have them. Now, the Bible says he was moved with what? Compassion. Because they were what? Scattered abroad as what? Sheep having no shepherd. They didn't have no compass. And so when, when they don't have no compass, we got to give them some compassion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they can get back on course. We, 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 got to, we got to share the mercy and the love of our Lord and say the same compassion that was shown to us, we got to share to them. I, now look, I know I see all your, your wings flapping, you, all you angels up in here, but you know. You know the compassion that you received, amen? You know that you was lost like a, a, a bird in a hailstorm. You know what I'm saying? You know you didn't know where you were going. You know you were just flying, amen? But when Jesus comes into our life, he gives us some direction, mother. He gives us not only protection, but direction, deliverance, healing, and all of that. And this is what Jesus Christ wanted for them. This, this was his motivation. He, he had his ministry, but also his ministry was preaching the gospel, healing, sinning, but his motivation 
was he was moved with compassion when he seen them fainting. This was his motivation, seeing people who are without our Lord and Savior that, that, that do not have a relationship with God. That's what Jesus saw. And every time he seen them, he did it with the sinners. I think about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was running. He says he stood at that tree and looked up. Zacchaeus, come down from here. Then he told him, he says, this day, salvation has come into your household. You remember the many times he went over to Matthew's house when he told Matthew, follow me. Matthew dropped everything, tax collector. Didn't nobody like tax collectors. They hated him. He says, follow me. He dropped everything and followed him. And he went to Matthew's house. And he sat down with Matthew to eat with him. And Matthew had all the sinners, all his sinner friends were there. And Jesus came down and plopped with him. Amen. Because he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. See, this was his motivation. He wanted to win souls. And so our ministry and our motivation should be the same ministry and the motivation that he has because we want to have compassion. If we're going to make a difference, we got to have some compassion. Now, I hear Pastor Angela saying, now you got to start with me. (laughs) And and us men that are married, your first compassion got to start in your household. Oh, I know that to be true. Amen. That how do we be more compassionate to the ones that love us? Amen. Our wives, in particular, those children. You know, I've told you, if you haven't raised no teenagers, don't even talk to me. Amen. About children. And, and I'm here to tell you, but, but your, your children, amen, will, will, will certainly make sure that your love game is, is, is intact. Yeah, it, it, it sure will. I can get an amen for someone. It don't start when they're teenagers. They can be right down here, amen. And you wonder, man, where this little Frankenstein come from? <laughs> amen, but we love. We, we learn how to love. It begins at home. It begins with, with our, if we're married with our spouses. It begins uh, with our children. We have to learn how to have this compassion. And because our children and, and our wives, they can see us having compassion. And it's so easy to love folks out there. It's much more difficult to love people in your house. Amen. People that you're living with, sleeping with, and eating with, and doing all of that. Uh, yes, sir, I get an amen. Sister, yeah, Pastor, you did on that one. Yes, sir. It's so easy. I remember Pastor Ellis used to tell me we, we might be going at it a little bit, what we call, uh, what's that, baby? Uh, intense fellowship. Y'all got an intense fellowship we were having. And we'd be having a little bit of intense fellowship. One of my buddies called. I'd get on that phone, man. Hey, man, what's going on, man? Then i hang up, and i get right back in the intense fellowship. And she's like, boy, something wrong with your heart. You are evil to the core. There's something wicked about you. <laughs> but, but you hear what I'm saying? This, this, this love thing, we got to work this thing out in our heart and in our home. We got to work it out in our home, man. But Jesus, when he saw the multitude, see, Jesus not only did an inside job, but he did an outside job. Not only did he minister to his disciples, he told the disciples, he said, look at here. He said, look, look at here, disciples. You, you look, look, you didn't call me. I, you didn't choose me. I chose you and ordained you to be with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Bro, sh- sh- shut that down, man. Shut that down. It, it's like an icebox up in here real quick. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Y'all working like Pastor Angela at the house. Take it up, take it down, take it up, take it down, take it up, take it down. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know if it's cold and I'm preaching, I know how y'all feeling out there. It's coming upon you. So, so let's take a look here. So we say we see his ministry. We see his motivation. Look at verse 37. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Somebody say his movement. That's his movement. The harvest is his movement. It's his movement. That's the, that, see, when you see the harvest, see, his motivation was not only to the, the, uh, uh, the see them fainted. That was his motivation. But his, his movement, 
It was the harvest, man. What's moving you? I'm talking about making a difference, having compassion. I don't know about you. When I see just people that's all like people on my jaws, how people are talking and everywhere I'm going, and they don't have the Lord in their life. One lady told me last week, she said, you know, nobody goes to church nowadays. Laid on my job. <laughs> nobody goes to church anymore. And she was, she was judging that on based on what she saw. And sometimes if we don't open up the eyes of our own understanding and begin to see, there's some truth in what she's saying. We got folks gathered together and scattered, but for a lot, a lot of people, and I mentioned this in the book of Judges, it says that how when the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, the Bible says there was a generation that came up that knew not God, that knew not God. And there's generations coming up that know not God. And it's going to take us to make a difference, to go to them with compassion and love, amen, to have uh, his motivation, his ministry, amen, uh, 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 to see, amen, uh, the, the, the movement. So I've always told this house that we must take Jesus Christ's ministry to a movement. That's what it's going to take because he's, he was doing what he was doing, and then he's seen all these people, and this is what he said, how am I going to do all of this? How am I going to do it? It's only one of me and all of them. How am I going to do it? I got to take my ministry to a movement. And we are part of the movement. We are part of the movement. We are part of that movement. So we are makers and not mockers. We're not mocking God. The Bible says, God, look, if our life, if we live our life contrary to God, the Bible says this, God will not be mocked. You, you, will, you will reap with that which you sow. And what I'm saying is I don't want to be a mocker. I want to be a maker, a difference maker. And a part of being a difference maker is I got to have the same compassion that Jesus had. The Bible says he was moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes, amen, they had been fainted, amen, and they looked as sheep without a shepherd. They were scattered abroad. And this is the thing that we must have in our heart. We must be able to see. Like Jesus, if we're going to have compassion upon uh, other people that we meet, that we run into. God will give us, I always tell you, that, that when you meet someone, it's not by coincidence, amen, divine, uh, uh, but it's by divine providence. It's not coincidence, anything. it's a divine, God puts us across the path. My brother Joe here, Joe came today, Joe call, I called Joe, Joe called the church, I called Joe back. I'm talking to Joe, Joe don't even know that I know who Joe is. I said, brother, I know your voice. I talked to you about six years ago. He couldn't, he still can't, he still can't connect me, amen. But the Lord gives us a way. Uh, Joe was in a different situation then, amen. But, but what I'm saying is that, that I thank God for his life. He's on fire for the Lord now, amen. And, and I thank God for that, amen, because he says somebody, somebody, can, somebody can sow the seed, somebody else can water, amen, but God what, gives the increase. He gives the increase. All I knew to do when I met you, all I did was love on you. That's what I did. I loved on you. You told me where you were at and what was going on with you in the church. And you know what's called? You knew this. You knew all this, that, that. You knew where you needed to be. But you were where you were because you say, you, you know, you had made up your mind that where you were going to be. And I won't go against a man's will. You know what I'm saying? But God knew the plan. Amen. All I did was loved on him. Amen. I just loved on him. But God done what he needed to do. Amen. And he's on fire for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we see this. Look at verse 38. Then we're going to go to one more scripture. We're out of here. Verse 38 says this. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth his labors into the harvest. That's his method. His method. Somebody say his prayer. 
He says, pray unto the Lord of the harvest. That's his method. So we see how to take his ministry to move. Now look with me, please. And this is where we're going to end at. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. So we've seen him. We've seen his ministry, his motivation, his movement, and his method. And his ministry has everything to do with him being, or his motivation had everything to be with him moved with compassion. Uh, So let's look here. Matthew chapter 14. Are you there? Okay, same book. 14 verse 13. And we're going to, I'm going to walk through this line upon line, and then this is where we're going to end at. 14 and 13. The gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 14 verse 13. When Jesus heard of him, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. What did he hear? The death of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, we know his head had been cut off. Y'all must understand this. They didn't just start cutting heads off. They've been cutting heads off. I mean, hair's been getting sliced for a long time ago. And John the Baptist, we know his head was cut off and put on the, on, on the platter there uh, uh, because of the request that was made. And Jesus Christ had heard that his friend John, that he had, had been killed. And uh, when Jesus heard this, he says he, he, he was in a uh, desert place and he t- went apart with the people, and they followed him on foot out of the city. Look at verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with what? He was moved with what? Towards them, and he did what? Healed their sick. See, compassion causes you to do something. Compassion causes you. See, when you have a compassion for someone, when you have a, 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 a pity for someone, or you see that for someone, when we're compassionate towards someone, it causes us to do something for them. And this is what we're talking about, making a difference, having compassion. This is what Jude said. Jude said in the last days, there's going to be mockers in the church. But he said, no, they got to be some makers. They got to be some folks that raise up and contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It might look like folks are going away from God, but I'm here to tell you God has raised up a remnant a people of God that's going to declare that I'm a difference maker and I'm going to make a difference I mean the world is counting on me to make a difference amen look I'm not going to be fulfilled unless I make a difference amen and God surely wants me to make a difference and I declare unto you now every one of you sitting here you are difference makers you're difference makers And one way we make a difference is we have compassion. He says, on some, have compassion. And we must have this compassion that our Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ has because he is our example. He is our example. We want to be just like him. And so Jesus was, man, he's going around cities, healing, delivering, and setting free. Now we see another uh, scene here where John the Baptist had just been uh, uh, killed, he gets the word, and he's moving out, and he runs into another multitude of people. And the Bible says he done the same thing that he done the last time. He had compassion upon them. Now look what he says here. Look at verse uh, 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. Now you hear what these guys, these... The disciples. Listen to the disciples. Okay, now Jesus has seen the multitude. He moved by compassion. He done healed the mother. And now it's evening time. It's time to go get some food. Victuals. Some food. And them disciples are just as selfish as selfish can be. Hold on now. They already done mapped out. They got two fish and loaves of bread. So you know some bread. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got enough for all these multitudes. So they tell Jesus, Jesus, it's getting dark. Send them away. So that we can go eat. Jesus said, time out. Hold up. 
I done been moved with compassion, man. Do you don't think if I can heal them, don't you think I can feed them too? And I'll feed them with the little that you got. He'll take what you got. He'll bless it and multiply. He'll bre- oh, yes, sir. We're going somewhere. We're going to see this thing. Because what he did with these fishes is what he wants to do with our lives. You hear what I'm saying? I'm telling you. What he do with this fish and bread is what he wants to do with our lives. Let's look here. Uh, look at verse uh, 16. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. He said that they don't need to go nowhere, and I want you to feed them. I want you to feed them. And they say unto him, verse 17, we have here, but what? Five loaves and what? Two fishes. He said, what? Bring them hither to me. Oh, my God. Bring them hither to me. That's all I got, Father God. All we got is two. Well, look, what I'm telling you, whatever you got. See, 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 see. We talked about this principle. Of, it's the principle of deliverance. Amen. It's, it's Shamgar's principle of deliverance. You get in the book of Judges, there's a, there's a, 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 a judge over there named Shamgar. He's only talked about two times. You only see him in two scriptures over there. And I declared this in the first minute. But Shamgar, and the Bible says Shamgar, that God raised him up to deliver Israel. And the only thing he had, Brother George, was the, the ox gold. Amen. He had an ox gold. And the Bible says he, he delivered Israel with the ox gold. So what you're saying, Pastor, what I'm, there were three things I gave y'all in the first message I gave you. Number one, look, somebody say, look, say, use what I have. You got to use what you have. Amen? Because whatever you had, Jesus would take it. I'm telling you, man, he'll take it and he'll blow on it. You know what I'm saying? He will blow on it and will use it. So, so this, this deliverer, Shemgar, S-H-A-M-G-U-A-R. Look it up in your own thing. But Shemgar had this arts go. And it said he slew thousands with it. And so he used what he had. Amen. But he started right where he was at. Yeah. Somebody said, start where I'm at. You got to start right where you're at. Amen. You, look, look, look. Use what you have. Start where you're at. And the last one, somebody said, do what I can. You got to do what you can. I know there's much, look, I want to do so much, Brother George, but I understand I can only do what I can do. I want to save the world, but I understand I'm not the only one. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the only one that have that desire. We want to save the world. Matter of fact, that was one of the prophetic words. Brother said, international pastor. He said, yes, sir. He said, expansion and increase coming to your pastor, coming to the house. He said, go on and tell the church. He get ready to expand and increase up in this joint, man. You know what I'm saying? He said, yeah, we're going to take this thing, amen. We gonna, it's, it's going. He said it. I said, oh, my God. I said, God, I'm not going to fight with God because God is a God of expansion. He is a God of increase. So I'm not fighting that word. I grabbed hold of that word, amen. I've been, I've been confessing it. And just sure enough, the enemy, though, when you get a word like that, He's ready to come and squash it. He's ready to have you depressed upon a tree somewhere worrying about what's going to go on. But I'm here to tell you, God will not be mocked. He is not a lie. He watches over his word to perform. So we see here, they have the fish and a few loaves of bread. And he says, give it to me. Give it to me. Because whatever you got, and all of us got a gift. Every one of you are gifted that's up under the sign of my voice. I know you say, Pastor, but I ain't been to Bible school. What Bible school you need to go to? Are you saved? Do you, if you got the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, you got all the school on the inside of you that you need. Amen. All you got to do now is listen and be attentive unto him. Don't worry, we need to sharpen some stuff and get some things to going. But, but I'm here to tell you, you got what you need. It just, you just need to understand what you got in inventory. 
but you have everything that you need. Now, let's look here. Look what he says here. Verse 19, and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up into heaven. Now, this is interesting. He tell me, guys, give it, but this is all we got, Jesus. Give it to me. And he had to command the people, sit down. Because they, you, what was their mindset? Get them out of town. It's, it's getting dark, and we're ready to eat. Jesus said, no, give me what you got. Then he commanded the multitude. How many was it? 5,000? Sit down. And then the Bible says he did what? He looked up to heaven. My God, my God. <laughs> see, see, this is, this is the beginning of making a difference. You got the look up to heaven. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I look into the hills from which coming my help, my help comes from the Lord. I don't know what you're looking at. You hear what I'm saying? But you got to look up because when you look up and then when you look down, it's going to be different just by looking down and by looking at the situation, you know, and the circumstance. But we got to look up. He said he took what they had and he looked up into heaven because he know God is the God that multiplies. And increases. Now, 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 I want us to understand this, and I've shared this in the past, but sometimes there's things to, that we need to bring back into our remembrance because I haven't declared this in a long time. And what I'm saying to you, what I'm getting ready to show you, that what Jesus Christ done with this fish and these loaves of bread is the same thing. If you would allow him to do this to your life, it'll change your life. I'm telling you, it'll, it'll, you won't be the same. You'll come up in here. You couldn't even wait to get to the house. You'll be saving souls out here, bringing souls into the, to the, to, 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 to the camp, amen, and, and getting them saved, getting them evangelized and all of that. You, you, I'm telling you, you'll get on fire. What's that song y'all sung about? The fire? Set a fire. Y'all better hold on. This is where we're going to end it. Look what he says. He says, and he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took. Somebody say, took. See, you got, first of all, you got to let the Lord thy God take you. Say, take me, God. Take me, take me, take me. It says he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking upon heaven, say, he blessed them. Say, bless me, Father. See, the first thing the Father wants to do is to take you. Because it ain't enough of you. Just like it wasn't enough of Jesus. What I'm saying is Jesus is enough, but Jesus need to have other people See, we, we are all uh, the hands and the feet of our Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is enough, but we, Jesus got to get out there somehow. But he uses us, his people, us as vessels of clay, meet for the master's use, prepare for this appointed time and hour to go out to do what Jesus done. Amen. He finished the work. The work is already done, but we got to go out there and collect the spoils. We got to go out there and bring in the harvest. You hear what I'm saying? He said, don't look into the fields and say it's four more months to the harvest. Now look upon the fields. The fields are already the harvest. He said, you stepping into another man's labor. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? He done done the labor. He just wants us. He said, look, he said, I, Pray unto the Lord of the harvest that we might have laborers. What's, it's not to do the labor. It's to do the labor to bring them in. The work has already been finished. Just go get them, son. They out there shriveling on the vine. They out there fainting and, and, and bent over. This old world and beat them down. And they need some hope and some compassion and some love. And that's all they need. And if we go with that, I'm telling you, they're ready to come into the harvest. We can't be the mockers. We got to be the difference makers. And if we're going to be difference makers, we got to have some compassion. Look what he said. Somebody say, take me. Bless me. Then look what he says here. He says, 
uh, he says, and, and break. He says, he took them. He blessed them. Somebody say, break. break. Somebody say, break me. Break. And then he gave the loaves. Somebody say, give. He gave the loaves to the, his disciples and the disciples to who? The multitudes. What you saying, Pastor? What am I saying unto you is this. Allow the Lord thy God to take you, to bless you, to break you, and to give you. Allow him to do that. Just like he took these loaves of bread. See, these loaves of bread and this fish, it, it, represents, it represents us. I really believe it represents us. See, it, it's, it's about, he says, you no longer would be fishers. But you'll be what? Fishermen of men. Fishermen of men. He wants us to go out. And when, when uh, he revealed the sin of Simon Peter unto him, Simon Peter fell unto his knees. A sinful man that I am. And God, Jesus spoke to me and said, no, no longer will you fish for men. But henceforth, you're going to be uh, fish for fish, but you're going to be fishermen of men. Then he see James and John. He said, James and John, he says, follow me. The Bible says James and John dropped their net, left their daddy in the boat, and followed Jesus. And this is what this is all about. The way we're going to make a difference, we got to do what he did. And he wants to take our lives. He wants to take us. He wants to bless us. He wants to break us. And he wants to give us. That's what he wants to do. He wants to do that with each and every one of us. And the Bible says this, that no one left they are not being filled. So what you're saying, Pastor? See, when they are filled, then we are fulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, Sister Nana, you understand this. And anyone that's been out on outreach ministry, you understand this. When you go out, it's like that, a fire down in my soul. When you go out there, and when you do the work, uh, uh, do the, the labor just to go out there with the harvest and begin to love on people, I've never left not unfulfilled. Amen. I've always left filled, fulfilled. Why? Because they were filled. I've done all that I could do. I used what I had. I started where I, I was at and I did what I could. And when you do that, you will feel fulfilled. He said the people will, they will feel. And when the people are filled, mother, you are fulfilled. Jesus was excited. And not only that, Jesus said, look, they gathered up 12 baskets. They had stuff left all over. You know what I'm saying? So what you saying, pastor? <laughs> if we're going to have compassion, we got to let him, Jared, we got to let him take us. You know what I'm saying? You don't wait you get old as your dad. Let him take you right now. And I know, I know he's in your heart. All you young people, I'm here to tell you, you'll be difference makers. Look, you'll be Nobel Peace Prize winners, I'm telling you. Let him take you. Don't wait till you get old, broke, busted, and disgusted, and then turn to Jesus. Let him take you now. Let him take you now, and then when he'll take you. Then, see, once he takes you, the first thing he do, he got to bless you. And then once he get through blessing you, you feel like, oh, is it God good? He says, now nah, I got to break you. Yeah. I got to break you. I got to break you. Yeah. It's just like the sheep and the shepherd, the, sh- the sheep that goes away and does his own thing. When the shepherd gets him, the first thing he do, one of the, he breaks his leg. But when he breaks you, he got to take care of you. He got to put you on his shoulders now. I don't know about you, brother. I, 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 bro, look, I want to remain broken 
but let him break you. Take you, bless you, break you. And after he done broke you, whoo, God, my God, my God, he ready to give you now. Oh, you're, you're worthy to be used. You hear what I'm saying? Whoa! Well, when you show up in a place, when you show up in a place broken, I'm showing up broken, ready to be used by God. Ready to be used by God. I'm telling you, when you show up broken, not only will they be fulfilled, you will be fulfilled. And you'll be like, where are we going next? <laughs> you have plenty of ministry on the inside of you. Amen. Let's put our hands together and give God some praise. Making a difference. I'm going to have some compassion. Amen.